Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's the Opperman Report. Join digital forensic investigator and PI Ed Opperman for an in-depth discussion of conspiracy theories, strategy of New World Order resistance, high-profile court cases in the news, and interviews with expert guests and authors on these topics and more. It's the Opperman Report. And now, here is investigator Ed Opperman. Oh boy. <laughs> Welcome to the Opperman Report. What a night of disasters, man. I'd say, well, we're 12 minutes late, uh, 12 minutes off schedule. We've had uh, one disaster after another tonight uh, broadcasting this show. It's not even funny. Now, am I even. Okay, I see my mic working over there. What a night. Breathing a, a little bit there. It's been such a disaster. We actually played a different show. On a, uh, live on, on Awake and, uh, and PSN and PIR. Uh, they didn't get the Judith Barry Baker show because uh, for some reason it kept failing. So I just had to throw something up. And then we had uh, some dead air for a while. Oh my God, one thing after another. Welcome to the Opperman Report, Disaster Central. Uh, I'm your host, private investigator Ed Opperman. I apologize for all the technical difficulties this evening. I honestly do. I, you know, I don't know what to do, what to tell you. Do my best around here. <laughs> I can't just struggle through this and get through life here. Hey, show's brought to you by emailrevealer.com, where you can get a copy of my book, How to Become a Successful Private Investigator. Uh, also, too, you can catch your spouse cheating online, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, you think they're cheating on you, but they probably are. Uh, he gives their email address, which traces it back to online dating websites, catch them cheating online, uh, personal ads. Porn sites, escort service sites, swinger sites. It's an involved search. It's a really you know, big deal. Anyway. <clears throat> Tomorrow night, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Saturday night, we're going to have a return, uh, Davida Kelly, who was the gorgeous uh, model uh, who was a member of the apocalyptic sex cult, the Children of God, also known as the Family. Me and David has become little friends, you know. She's a very, very nice woman. Very, I love talking to her. I talked to her off the air this week, like an hour. And then we did a two-hour interview. Just went, just flew right by. Uh, 
And because, you know, she contacted me. She says, hey, Ed, you know, Harvey Weinstein, you know, came after me, too, when I was working at Scores. So she came on. And that's, this is exclusive to the Opera Report. Nobody knows about it. It's uh, coming out here first on our show. And then, of course, we had that show tonight with Steve Bannon. Move, my goodness. What's going on there? Padlocks on the tours. What's going on there, Mr. Bannon? Well, I understand they're still looking into it. With the connections to houses in Palm Beach. I wonder who lives in, who lives in Palm Beach. Hmm. Oh, man, I'm exhausted. That's right. Public service announcement. Get those kids out of shopping carts. Every day in the United States of America, 50 little children are taken to the emergency room because of accidents that happen in supermarkets falling out of shopping carts. So people really need to be careful and, and don't let your kids stand up in shopping carts as you're pushing them around. It's very dangerous. Don't do that. Okay? That's right. Damn right, Matt. <laughs> Can't forget that. Okay. So we got tomorrow. I got a bunch of stuff I'm taping this week, man. I'm working. Oh, I'm working on some big stuff, man. Hoo, hoo, hoo. You're going to love it. It's going to make the, the news here in town. And it's such a, a bizarre story. I'm sure it's going to make national news. And I also think I can write a book about this and, and, and option the, uh, the story. Okay. I want to tell you what I know about Ariel Castro. Uh, Ariel Castro, this guy in Cleveland kidnapped three young girls, 15, 16-year-old girls, Michelle Knight, Amanda Berry, and uh, Gina De Jesus. kidnapped by Ariel Castro and held in his home for, I believe, uh, 10 years. And uh, Berry actually had a six-year-old daughter with this guy, right? He's charged with uh, four counts of kidnapping, three counts of rape, and aggravated murder because there was also uh, um, some he had impregnated these girls and um, it would cause miscarriages and there's a story too the one was born and he buried in the backyard but this the, the, the thing about this story is nothing makes sense and nothing reported in the public uh, arena there's so much that's left out glossed over Hidden. So I'm going to give you most of what I know tonight. Might have to come back and do a second show on this. Ariel Castro was born in Puerto Rico. He had nine brothers and sisters. He's one of nine. The family moves to the United States. Right? And he actually marries this woman, uh, Grimelda Figueroa, who lived across the street. He, he marries the girl next door. Okay. They grew up together and he marries the girl next door. But right away when they move into that uh, to, to, by the way, they moved into that same house over there on Seymour Avenue where he had kidnapped these girls later on. He moves into this house where they have four kids. And the family says, Well that's when all hell broke loose because what happened is he started to beat the crap out of her. He broke her, her nose, her ribs, her arms. He f uh, threw her down a flight of stairs, cracking her skull. All right. In 1989, 
She called the police on Castro and he threatened to kill her and take the kids if she pressed charges. And then he, he, one time he, he stomped her head with his boot. But Figueroa filed a formal complaint, but Castro's case was brought before a grand jury in 1994 and he staked out the entrance to the courthouse and told Figueroa he would kill her and the kids if she testified against him. So she never went ahead. She never took the stand. And they dropped the charges, the grand jury. Serious beating. And they dropped the charges. Finally, around 1996, this woman, Grimelda Figueroa, moves out of the house. Now, listen to this. She had been going to the emergency room so often that the security guard at the emergency room recognized her, got to know her, as this frequent traveler to the emergency room. Just imagine how many people pass through an emergency room in a week or, or a month. But she went there three times in a row with all these beatings from her husband. And that's where she meets her next husband, Fernando Colon. So she goes for, just look at the, the story. This is a guy who kidnaps little girls and keeps them in prison in the house. He marries the girl next door, met her as a teenager, marries her. And pretty much keeps her kidnapped in the house there. And when she finally gets out, the first guy she meets is at the emergency room. And she goes and moves in with him. And has a kid with him. And she got custody of four kids. Because her and Castro had four kids. Three girls and a boy. And we'll be getting to that. Now, Fernando Colon, the security guard... Uh, you know, he met her when he's a security guard in 1996. They never actually got married, though. They were common law, husband and wife. And what happened was, is the two of the daughters of Ariel Castro and Grimaldo Figueroa accused Cologne of molesting them. And he was arrested and charged with 28 counts of rape, kidnapping, and sexual offenses. And he was exonerated in all but four charges, but today he's a convicted sex offender. He was put under like a probation, a supervised um, program. Didn't do any time. But he got the convictions. And you'd think someone charged with 28, you got four charges of, you know, sex crimes. You'd think he'd do some time, but he didn't get any time. And he's trying to get a new trial, uh, trying to say that um, the prosecution was driven by the deeply disturbed and highly manipulated mind of Ariel Castro. Okay. Now, one of the daughters who testified against Cologne was Arlene Castro. Now, it's very interesting. It's, It's beyond belief. But Arlene Castro was very, very good friends with Gina de Jesus, one of the kidnapped victims that was held and kidnapped, you know, in, 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 in captivity for 10 years in Arrow Castro's house. They were such close friends that Arlene Castro called Gina de Jesus's mother the day she was kidnapped and try to arrange for a sleepover. That could Gina sleep over at my house tonight? And that's the night that 
Gina de Jesus is kidnapped by Arlene Castro's father. Now, <laughs> the cops don't look don't look at Castro for this. They they had Fernando Colon as a suspect in this, and the cops went and talked to Fernando Colon, and he told them, "Hey." You should talk. To, you should look at Castro, because he's a violent guy. Look what he did to my my wife. He beat her. He tried to run me over in a car, you know. And he's threatening he's going to get me, you know. You should look at him, because he knew Gina, and his daughter knew Gina. Now the official story is that the police never followed up on this, but Castro says, at his sentencing. When you get to make that speech right before sentencing, he said he was questioned by the FBI and he was questioned by the police. And he told them all this is quote unquote what he said. According to uh, Cologne, Fernando Cologne, he says that when they were investigating the, the disappearance of Gina de Jesus, that Ariel Castro was spotted helping the police put up crime scene tape around the <laughs> the house in the neighborhood. And just imagine the the if this is true, the irony of this that he kidnaps his little daughter's friend that was supposed to have a sleepover with his little daughter that night. You know, the the, the parents said they couldn't do the sleepover, and then when the police are investigating. The guy who's the kidnapper is helping put up the crime scene tape around the crime scene. Now, during this time, when Fernando was married to uh, Grimelda, uh, the, the story goes is that uh, Castro was alienating the children from their mother and the mother's new boyfriend. And the girls would run away from home. Two of the girls would run away from home. And they would go to Castro's house. Okay? The house where he had these two kidnapped girls stay. All right? Now, we know the girls were running away from home. The mother says, and the, and the cologne says they were running away. They were going to Castro's house. And Castro had three kidnapped victims, one of whom was a very close friend of one of these girls. Castro's other daughter, Angie Castro, okay, who was the older sister of Arlene, who was the good friend with uh, Gina de Jesus, and Gina de Jesus was the last person to see, uh, I, no, no, Arlene Castro was the last person to see Gina de Jesus before she disappeared. She gets a strange message on a ransom machine. And it, they think it was like one of those pocket dial, you know, when you hit the button by mistake, right? You hit a, a you know, a last redial, you know, or, or one of those. Right? And she hears, she hears her answer machine. And it's a voice of a terrified young woman screaming, 
Get away from me. Get away from me. So Angie, Castro's uh, daughter, reports this call to the police. And somehow the FBI get involved. Okay? And they trace the call. But they trace it back to a different phone call. And DeJesus' mother believes that there may have been a mistake in the call tracing. And that the call actually came from Castro's house. So, but we know that they traced it to some number. Right? Was that ever checked out? So one day... Fernando Colon was suddenly arrested. There was no investigation. There was no, they never questioned him. Suddenly, U.S. Marshals showed up at his house. Right? And the way he describes it, he says, they acted like I killed somebody. And I was charged with 28 counts of rape, kidnapping, and sexual offenses. Now, by that time, Emily and Arlene, Emily was already pregnant. And living with her own sister, her older sister, Angie, in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And they were the ones who were making these accusations against Ferdinand Colon. So Castro hops in his car and takes a 500-mile round trip to collect them and bring them to court. And where does he bring them to? He brings Emily and Arlene back to that house on Seymour Avenue where he has three kidnapped victims and he has them there in this house uh, during the three-day trial. So, And, and the, the theory, the story here is as he took these three kidnapped victims and he, he kept them in the garage for three days. Okay? With, and he has his two daughters and, and we've seen pictures of the inside of this house and obviously, there were other girls living in this house with stuffed animals, and one of them had a child. This is very clearly, they got signs up on their doors, take your shoes off before you come in the room. Okay? But the official story is, is that he goes, he gets his daughters, 500 mile round trip, because they're testifying court against their, their stepfather. And he brings them to the house where he has three kidnapped victims, but he put them in the garage. So they never had contact with each other. So they never, I don't, how did they go to the bathroom? How did they eat for three days? You know, how did these girls, they didn't notice that there were bedrooms with, with young girls, uh, stuff in the rooms. Cause they had all kinds of stuff on their walls and, you know, coloring pictures and teenage girl stuff, you know, how do you explain it? Cologne says that on several occasions, Emily and Arlene recanted their story and said that they didn't want to testify. And around that time, uh, the wife, Nilda, took out a restraining order against Castro after he threatened to kill them if she didn't take the girls into court. And it's interesting too, because in in the uh, the court transcripts of uh, Cologne's trial, 
They asked Arlene if she had been treated for depression after her friend Gina had disappeared nine years earlier. And even Castro's son, Anthony, um, testified on behalf of Cologne. And the, the, the ex-wife, she gave uh, evidence for Cologne, uh, right? So the jury um, cleared Cologne of all charges but four charges, and he was sentenced to five years community supervision placed on sex offender registry. Now, from the beating, Grimilda um, suffered a, a blood clot in her brain, and, and she died of brain cancer at the age of 48 in 2012. Now, one of uh, Castro's daughters, and this is never reported anywhere, his daughter Emily is serving right now 25 years in prison right now herself. Okay, because when she broke up with her boyfriend, she took her little baby and slashed the baby's throat, trying to kill the baby. <sighs> Let's take a little commercial break here. And now a word from our sponsors. Archival Revival, the Christian Film Archive, is currently paying for vintage Christian films. Uh, they are dedicated to preserving and restoring classic Christian films and media. So if you have an original prints, negatives, or other film elements of classic Christian films, or you have audio recording masters for classic Christian record albums, they want to buy them from you. So email archival.revival at gmail.com. Dot com and they're going to make you an offer. Archival Revival wants to preserve these classic Christian films so that they continue saving people for years. These films have brought people to salvation. They want to continue that. Their staff has decades of experience in handling and preserving of film elements, and they utilize the very best climate-controlled film storage facilities around the world. Contact them today at archival.revival at gmail.com. If there's someone you know, has these prints, negatives, recording masters, or other material? Hey, guys, I got a great new deal for you. It's called Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. Now, I want you to take out a pen and paper and write down Opperman 50, O-P-P-E-R-M-A-N 5-0. Now, Factor's delicious ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes, you'll be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan veggie, and more. Uh, there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. Snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout. 
and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. Flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or schedule your deliveries anytime. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, no cooking, no cleanup needed. Now head to factormeals.com front slash opperman50 and then you use code opperman50 to get 50% off. That's code opperman50 at factormeals.com front slash opperman50. O-P-P-E-R-M-A-N-5-0 to get 50% off. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From Vintage Christian Films, you can check out their blog at ArchivalRevival.Blogspot.com. Now, just so you understand, Archival Revival wants to pay you for these films. So you can look in, in your church attic, in the church basement. Uh, if you have a, a friend who runs a, a Christian youth uh, ministry uh, or uh, these youth uh, vaca- vacation Bible study camps, you know, uh, they have these old films in those big metal containers, 16 millimeter and 35 millimeter. Archival Revival wants to buy them from you. So this is a sponsor that actually wants to give you money. And all you have to do is contact them, tell them what you have. If you're in the U.K. or Ireland or Africa, uh, these films are all over the world, and they're gathering dust, and they're going to deteriorate if they don't get into the hands of Archival Revival. So that's archival.revival at gmail.com, or the blog spot is archivalrevival.blogspot.com. Don't forget, this show is brought to you by PSCoco.com. Phoebe Saad is an independent curator with the Cocoa Exchange. Uh, the Cocoa Exchange is formerly known as Dove Chocolate Discoveries, and they make the finest silky smooth chocolate because the products start with the best cocoa beans, which are tested for quality and flavor by expert technicians. The Cocoa Exchange offers not just premium chocolates, but anything from sauces and spices to brownie and cake mixes and even coffee and martini mixes. If you wish to treat yourself or someone you love to a sweet and tasty gift, then the Cocoa Exchange is the brand for you. So you go to PSCocoa.com, you click on the Shop Now button, you can see all their beautiful chocolates, you can order it right now tonight, it could be in your your mailbox in a couple of days, or if you want to get into the chocolate chocolate business, you want to be a a chocolatier just like Phoebe Saad, you can uh, click the Contact Us button and you can learn how to get your own website, go into the Cocoa Chocolate business and uh, sell chocolate and make a little bit of money there. Remember, all these shows on Awake are brought to you by EmailRevealer.com. You can go to EmailRevealer.com and get a copy of my book, How to Become a Successful Private Investigator. Uh, but you also do all the kind of different services for you. An online dating service investigation. It's called an online infidelity investigation. 
And that's where you give us your husband or your boyfriend, your girlfriend's email address, and we trace it back to their online dating websites, and we return a list of all the dating sites that that email is registered to. We can expand on that investigation and uh, trace it back to porn sites, escort service sites, swinger sites, uh, even um, uh, gambling websites, and even prescription drug websites. If you think your your ex-husband or something is addicted to prescription medication or uh, involved in an extreme uh, online pornography addiction, uh, we can produce a, a report for you that you can use in court. Adoption investigations. If you want to locate your birth parents or your, or your birth child you gave away for adoption, we can do, do adoption investigations for you. Asset searches for you. Locate bank accounts, uh, hidden uh, uh, assets, hidden properties, uh, hidden income, all different kinds of services in the asset search investigation. Email tracing. If you need to locate or identify somebody from just an email address, we can... Uh, uh, do an email trace investigation for you and all kinds of digital forensics, computer and cell phone uh, digital forensics where we can uh, recover deleted content from an email or a hard drive and produce a report for you that you can use in court. That's emailrevealer.com or you can contact me at oppermaninvestigations at gmail.com. Okay, welcome back to the let me check over here. Yeah, welcome back to the Opperman Report. I'm your host, private investigator Ed Opperman, and tonight we're talking about the Ariel Castro show. Uh, show. <laughs> the Ariel Castro case, uh, the guy who kidnapped the three little girls there in Cleveland and held them prisoner for 10 years, and nobody noticed, even though his daughter stayed over. <laughs> we know for at least three nights, that's a fact. His brothers used to visit the house and, and practice their salsa music. Also very interesting, we don't know how this guy made a living. Okay, he had a job as a school bus driver, but he lost that because he was doing all kind of wacky stuff with that. Here you got this guy with all these domestic violence arrests and he's driving a school bus. We also know, too, that the police were at the home several times on unrelated matters. But we don't know why they were there, what happened. The police also raided the house right next door. There was a police raid at the house right next door. Ten cop cars, cops walking everywhere, right? But again, these girls would never yell for help, you know, nothing like that, right? We also know, too, that these girls would, would sometimes go to the backyard. Again, never made an escape. The brothers were arrested, too, the same day. A couple of brothers were with him when he was arrested that day, okay? But the police left them, uh, let them go shortly afterwards. Now, here's an interesting story. In 2012, there's a guy in prison, and he tells the police that he killed Amanda Berry. And they could find the body, because the body was buried, coincidentally, right by Ariel Castro's house, (laughs) okay? We're talking about, you know, like, you could throw a rock. From the lot where they claim that this body was buried. From Ariel Castro's window. Now even more. So there's a big thing. They're gonna, the cops go there with excavation equipment. And there's a backhoe and all this kind of stuff like that. And there's a film crew there filming the whole thing. And another wild coincidence. Who's there talking to the reporter? Ariel Castro's brother. Pedro Castro. 
who points at the dig site and says, Ha, huh, what a waste of money. They're not going to find anything over there. How do you like that? That's on TV. They're going to film it as. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So Castro gets, you know, they come in there and they arrest him. You know the whole story that um, uh, he went out to get uh, with his brothers. They went out to get some food. And the neighbor, Charles Ramsey, had just gotten McDonald's. He took his McDonald's home. He's going to use McDonald's. And he heard the little girl Amanda Berry screaming, help, help me, help me, get me out of here. And she was breaking off the bottom of the door. After 10 years, they finally decided to make a break. What went on in that house? What really went on? What was going on there? What What is the real story here? Because also, too, you know, one of them gave birth to a baby. And Ariel Castro was seen with this baby walking around. He took the baby, his daughter, to his mother's house. And the, his mother met this baby. Now, you know, any mother, as a grown son, he's walking around with a brand new baby. The mother's going to compare how they look and say, oh, that little baby looks just like you, son. Is that? my little grandbaby you know we all know that's gonna happen now the only job we know that Ariel Castro ever had was as a a school bus driver but he lost that job okay and we don't know about any other source of income besides his salsa band (laughs) he's making money with this salsa band okay how much money could this salsa band have been making but we know First of all, how did this guy get and keep a job as a school bus driver with his background? But at his sentencing, right, which is such a bizarre speech he gives at his sentencing where he says, I was not a monster. They, they're trying to make me out to be a monster. And we had good times. We had happy times, too, in this house. And when you look at some of the pictures inside the house, it does look like they had some happy times. You know, the girls have a sign on the door, you know, to take your shoes off before you come in the room. They got coloring pictures on the wall and stuff, you know. So, you know, they weren't in chains all the time. And one of the things he says is very interesting at his uh, sentencing. He admits that the FBI talked to him. And this isn't any kind of public record at all. No one, and still, even after he admits this, you know, it's not anywhere in any of the books of the stories or anything. By the way, the, the three girls are sort of like special needs kind of girls, you know. So I don't even think they've read the books that, that have been written and with their names assigned to these books, that they're the author of these books. Now, obviously, they, had, they, they were kidnapped when they were in high school. They don't have a high school education. So they're not going to be good book writers. Very bizarre, but you know, you know, these ghostwriters come in and big publishing companies come in and get your ghostwriter. But the official story, and his official story, there's a movie too with the official story of the Ariel Castro, the, the Cleveland killer, right? The Cleveland kidnapper. But as, at his sentencing, one of the things he says is that he goes, you know, um, it says in the report, and I, I don't want to make a big deal out of it, but it says in the police reports that they found $22,000 in my washing machine. And I just want to say, it was a lot more than that. <laughs> okay. You know, where did, the, okay, let's say it was only 22000 Well, let's say it was 32000 or 40000 Where did he get this money from? In cash, in his washing machine, when we know that he couldn't feed 
his three kidnapped victims or his four kidnapped victims, that he was getting food, his brothers were, were bringing him food. He, he bought them clothes at a nearby thrift store. Okay. He's buying, you know, people were getting suspicious. Why is he buying clothes for teenage girls? This, this single man. And he, he had help from his family, his brothers, and his neighbors with food. Okay. And when he would go to various stores to buy food, you know, the, the clerks would, would say, well, why are you buying all this food when you're a single man? Why do you need so much food? <laughs> okay. Right. But meanwhile, he's, he needs food from his brothers and his family, but he, he's got all this cash in, the, in the, the thing there, right? Anyway, and then the, the, the final uh, note to all this is just like all these other guys, there's the prison suicide where he hangs himself in prison. You know, he, he pleads guilty, doesn't name anybody else, takes the fall, you know, and then there's always a death in prison. Very bizarre case, Ariel Castro. Putting up the crime scene tape, knows this kid. The kids are making His daughters are running away from home, staying at the house. You know? Gets this other guy, his, his enemy, gets him set up for, for, for kidnapping and child abuse. Gets him thrown in prison. Just got a notice from William Ramsey that his documentary about the smiley face killer is live on Vimeo, so people can go there right now and purchase it. Um, I guess if you go to Vimeo, maybe he can give me a link. Uh, oh, I got the, got the link right here. Give it to me. Let's see. How would we find this? Okay, I'm going to click on the link. Live review. And it's... Uh, doo -doo 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 -doo. I guess if we go to Vimeo... Come on, hurry up. I'm tired, man. What a long day. Uh, Ramsey typing away that chat with me. Hey. Hey. Well, it's not loading to us, Mr. Ramsey. Um. Okay. You know what? This is all screwed up. You have to go to Vin. And it's wanting me to join with Facebook and stuff like that. Um, but it's called the smiley face killers, but there's no way for me to, this is all screwed up. So that's the best I could do for you right now. So you go to Vimeo and look up smiley face killers by William Ramsey and you pull it up. I'll have a link up at the link in the, uh, in the chat room and, uh, in, um, the YouTube comments and all kind of fun stuff. Good old William Ramsey. Uh, people chatting away in the chat room, man. Okay. Uh, Want to give you an update. Because we got some stuff happening here locally. And there's about to be some more stuff happening. On the Kevin L. Child case. Who is Kevin L. Child? Kevin L. Child was this guy on Facebook. When I first signed up to Facebook, this 
ran into this right-wing troll, Kevin Child. He just make these bizarre racist comments and hates poor people, you know, and you know hates illegal Mexicans and you know hates a lot of people, man. And spelling is uh, just ridiculous. So then I find out. He makes this comment. He gets elected to, as a school board trustee. And there's a big controversy because he's making these weird comments. First he says about driving over, running over uh, Black Lives Matter. Okay, I got that. Uh, protesters. Yes. Should we, uh, uh, if you saw Black Lives Matter as protesters in the street, would you stop or would you run them over? Yeah. That was the first thing that came out. And then he, he had made some comments too about how, um, let me see if I can find it here, about illegals. Something about how, uh, you know, uh, kids can't speak English in the class and we're, we're paying, should we be paying for them because they're illegal? This is while he was a school board uh, trustee. And then we started to find out there was a whole big investigation because this guy was being uh, uh, creeping people out, right? Now, before he ever became a trustee, he used to be part of this program where they would have business people come and speak to the kids at the school. And he jumped right on that. I want to go and talk to the kids at the school, right? And, uh, he started talking to the kids about suicide. And he would say to this guy, is nuts, man. Okay. And he, he did this thing to where he, um, he asked the kids to close their eyes and raise their hand if they ever thought about committing suicide. And then he asked them to open their eyes and look around to see who had their hands up. And this actually caused the school to initiate the, their suicide protocol where they had to give extra counseling to these kids. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Another time he walks into a classroom and he says, Okay, kids. Repeat after me. Snitches get what's that? Can you finish that sentence? That's right. Snitches get stitches. <laughs> okay, this is an adult walking into a, a, a room full of little kids and telling them, "If you tell on someone, you're gonna get stitches." Snitches get stitches, and you know what? That's what they say in prison. 
And did you know that one out of 20 people go to prison? So if there's 20 little kids in this classroom right now, one of you is going to wind up in prison. That's one of the complaints against him by a teacher who says, and the teacher tried to say, oh, he's only kidding, kids. But the kids weren't laughing. Okay. Hey, now this is before he was even elected as a trustee when he was doing his little program there, uh, visiting the schools, inserting himself into the lives of little children. For what reason? We don't know. We know now, too, that he's inserting himself. He's some kind of a police chaplain, too, where he visits people in, 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 in trouble. And we just found out too recently that he was down at the resource center for the victims of this shooting here in Las Vegas and telling people that he was a congressman and inserting himself into that situation as well so he could take selfies of himself over there. Now, when he was questioned about this stuff, he said, Mr. Child, why, why are you talking to these kids about suicide? This is really inappropriate. Well, well, why are you bringing this up? It's upsetting the kids. He says, well, my wife, Susan, was found dead with a gunshot wound along with four dogs in our house. We had a fire in March 2008. Okay. And there's a Las Vegas Review Journal article about that. I, I looked for it and I have to go to the library to find it, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking into this. He said on Fox 5, he says, my wife said five fires in the house and went upstairs and shot herself. She was addicted to prescription drugs. And he also says this too on his Twitter that is why he lost his wife to suicide because uh, uh, she was addicted to painkillers. And this is what he reports in, on uh, all over the place. But it, it's curious. <laughs> it's curious to me. Um, because one of the complaints was in May 2016. And they, they called in a complaint about child's behavior was extremely unprofessional as he got into an argument with someone over where he would sit at a conference. And they said he was upset that he could not sit with the schools that were receiving recognition. They said he also acted inappropriately when he complained about his wife's lack of an infant to the conference. Now, this is a guy who says his wife died in a fire, a suicide, gunshot wound, you know. But then he's at this conference and he's complaining that his wife didn't get an invitation. Now, I got to tell you something. I We were Facebook friends, me and this guy. We trolled back and forth in 2008, the time of this big fire and the time of this big gunshot wound and the time of this suicide. I have never seen this guy mention anything about his wife. I always assumed he was homosexual. Never saw him mention anything about uh, a fire or a suicide or anything. And this is a guy I I trolled him back. Okay, we we were trolling each other back and forth every single day. You know, and I would comment on his poor spelling. You know, and he would make this kind. Of, he made this comment one time. He was upset about. It. He saw some people at the supermarket buying hot dogs and hamburgers to have a picnic, a barbecue, using an EBT card. And he didn't think they deserved to have a celebrate the 4th of July Memorial Day, whatever it was. He didn't, they didn't deserve to celebrate because it was his tax dollars paying for their hot dogs. Now, curious to me. <laughs> okay. Now, 
He says about Black Lives Matters, if protesters are in the road blocking it and not on the crosswalk, would you run them over? In May 2013, he blamed parents who can't speak English for the district's failure to teach the language to children. Uh, he wrote that most of the parents are illegal. And said, it's not right that taxpayers have to pay for these lawbreakers. Now, just recently, when this whole business about taking a knee, right? Some of the football players here in the Clark County School District are taking a knee during the National Anthem. <laughs> and child who attends these football games, by the way, it's, there's been a ruling by the superintendent here that he's not allowed to visit these schools anymore without a written invitation from the school. The school has to send a written invitation to the superintendent, a copy to the superintendent, and a copy to child, a written invitation before he can visit any schools. But he's been doing it anyway. So the latest uh, news is that they've ordered that if he shows up at any schools, they should call the police and have him arrested for trespass. This is what's going on here in the Clark County School District. But he shows up at one of these football games and he sees the students taking a knee. And you know what he says? We gave them their freedom. What more do they want? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> we, so <laughs> they should be happy they're not slaves. This is what this guy, and this is how he thinks. This is why I'm so shocked this guy made it to school board. Hey. Now we got one. Really, oh, another woman complained that child that. Tried to have a conversation with her artistic daughter who was shy and doesn't interact with the unfamiliar people. Hey. So now when he goes to this uh, superintendent's uh, building there, they have, they have signs up that are called safe zones that he's not allowed to pass into these zones. People can be there safe because uh, he, he's staring up and down. He's women. He's, he's, he talks about who he wants to date, who's sexy, who's not sexy. Um, doing all this bizarre hand gestures. They, when he goes into the superintendent's building, he has to have an escort. There's two people who escort him. The only people he's allowed to meet with us, two designated people. This is what we have to have special rules for this character. He's trying to claim, well, it's because I want an audit of the school board. I want a, an audit their their books. And that's why they're making these accusations against me. But I've known this guy for years. And he's been doing this full this time. Now, there's some, there's some really creepy stuff here. Okay. What is this about? An, an aloha dance. Now, his claim is, is that the reason why they're, they're banning him from visiting schools and they, they're, they're having these investigations that shows he's violating people's uh, uh, rights is because he wants to open the books and look at the numbers. So now, now they're making all these accusations against him. But we know that some of these accusations were before he ever talked about, was even on the trustee board. They're having complaints about this guy. But one of the places they want to keep him away from, okay, that one of these complaints in June 2015, the child made some student council members uncomfortable when he attended an aloha dance. 
Here is a grown man interacting with students on a familiar level. Dancing, chatting, gossiping, the employee wrote. It is inappropriate for an adult to tell children how beautiful they are and try to connect with these students on a personal level. Child's claim is that they're railroading me because they don't want me asking the tough questions. Was he at this aloha dance, dancing with little girls, gossiping with little children, asking tough questions, looking at the books? Or was he there for some other reason? (laughs) Okay. What do you think? I know what I think. We're taking a good hard look at Mr. Child. And I think I'm going to have some very interesting things to report on him in the coming weeks. And in the coming days, actually, I'm waiting for some paperwork to come back <laughs> on Mr. Child. And then we're going to have an interesting story to tell you um, shortly. I want to thank everybody. You know, we had some uh, real uh, financial uh, struggles this week. Not this week, this month, you know, when the memberships were way down. And then we had a lot of expenses come in. We had a computer repair expense. And we had um, um, Awake Radio, uh, the, the year, the yearly, you know, what's that thing called? The domain registration and the hosting bill all came in. Now, uh, that's still not paid, but, but we're, we're doing good. But if you look at some of the shows I've done, you know, we, we have a Harvey Weinstein victim exclusive to our show, you know. Uh, that we were able to give a voice to this person who was uh, abused by Harvey Weinstein. You'll be hearing his story tomorrow. The story about Steve Bannon's porn and meth house, you know, is, is pretty much being covered up, you know. Uh, he was interviewed by 2020 and different things like that, but they're not airing it. They're not, they're no, well, it's an old story now. No one cares anymore. No, we care. Here at the Opperman Report, we care. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, this Kevin L. Child story, you know, how, who's hearing, you know, who's talking about this? So we're doing the report and it needs to be done, you know. And I, I got to say at this point now, you know, if you're not supporting the show, well, what are you supporting? You're supporting the enemies of, of these kind of things, you know. Because you're still going to Starbucks, you're giving them money, you know, you're driving your car, you have a little joyride, you're giving money to the oil companies, you know. The enemy, you shop at Walmart and you give money to the, you know, billionaire class is going to get a $50 billion tax break next year. But it's so difficult to support the Oppenman Report. It's fighting tooth and nail for you, for your rights and for my rights, for the truth. So just, we had a couple of people this uh, month donate $5 and $10 and they send with these notes saying, Ed, this is all I can afford. I'm sorry. I'm sending you five dollars. I want to apologize that it's only five dollars, but I, you know you don't understand. I got a, I have a low wage job and I work twelve hours a week, and my father's in the nursing home. And, you know, and and I, I really want to tell you that it's the last thing you need to do is apologize for any kind of donation. A dollar, ten cents. The last thing you need to do is apologize. I'm grateful for every donation, and they're all equal, and. and the, the, the expression that, that many hands, you know, make light labor, you know, all, all t- high tides lift all boats. We all work together, right? And the, and the labor is light. 
if just 1% of the people listening live right now, you know, which is a minuscule portion of the audience, most people listen to, you know, the archives and on YouTube and, and uh, Spreaker and iHeart, iTunes, you know, and the, the archives over there on American Freedom Radio, you know, but, but if just a small percentage of the people right now would take the time out just, just to, there's a donate button over at uh, OpermanReport.com where it's a it's a, a a PayPal donate button where you can go there and you can you can put on there a dollar or two dollars but you could set it so that it it automatically deducts that two dollars from your bank account every month you know I want to make this a monthly donation and if just a hundred people two hundred people did that for a dollar or five dollars we would have enough money to, to like with this Bannon story, I could fly down there to Coconut Grove and then knock on all the neighbors' doors and talk to these people and get video and stuff, you know, things like that. What we could be doing is, is so much greater. We would have the funds, just to, like even stuff I'm working on here right now locally. Where I've, I've been working on a project here uh, recently, and, and where it's a, kind of a working kind of gig, but the, it's also going to be a report for the show, and. The, the people I'm working with are very politically connected here locally. And, and they actually, they're running the resource center for this Mandalay Bay shooting. This is when, where everything's passing through this office. All the insurance companies, the police departments, the families, the victims, it's all passing through here. You know, so all the lawsuits, the Red Cross, all the stuff. All the stuff that, that so badly everybody wants to, you know, they want me to report on this, to give us the information. I, I could not, and, and by the way, too, the people who are running this thing are people that have come to me in the past. When they're in trouble, they've come to me for favors. I could not be more clued in or tuned in to what's going on here in this situation. Okay? So if anything is going to come up with some important information to report to you, I'm going to have it. Okay? This is and, and and this is because I'm working on something else. Not that I'm working on that. This is just a coincidence. It happens to be that. So, a lot of people are complaining and saying, "Well, well Ed, you're not reporting uh, what we want to hear about the Las Vegas shooting." That I can't help you with. Okay, I can only report to you what I see, what I hear, and and what what is newsworthy and and what is factual. Okay, I can't take your assumption and your conclusions and kind of backdate a report that, that jimmies up your, your conclusion and backs up your, your, your theory. That's not how this works. But my point is, though, and, I, and we, we lost a lot of supporters and stuff like that because they, they want me to just, I don't know what, they want me to just make stuff up or, or just sit and watch YouTube videos when here I'm, I'm tuned in better than I can't imagine anybody is. So a lot of people say, well, we're not going to support you anymore because you're not going to report what, what I believe happened over there and what I see on YouTube and what I hear in this video here. So I can't help you there. Okay? We have to part ways with that. All right. So maybe we need some people who are a little more sober and a little more reality based to, to step up, you know, and, and help out with that support there. And, and so if we just had that with the if you go to OpermanReport.com, there's a donate button where you could schedule a two dollar donation or a $3 donation every month. No one's going to miss that, but it would all add up and it would be so encouraging too, to see all these people out there who support the show and who love the show. Cause you know, you gotta, you know, 
I get a lot of emails every day. And even tonight, too, we had some screw-ups. It was 10 minutes late, and I got hundreds of messages all over the place. Calling my phone number and stuff like that, you know. Um, so, I, I'm proud of the work I'm doing for you. I really am. And I think it's good work, especially lately. You know, we've been doing some good stuff lately. So, if you appreciate that, you know, and you, you want to uh, sign up for that kind of monthly little support thing there, a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars monthly, no one's going to miss that. And and what it could do with all, if we had a thousand people do that, imagine if we had a thousand people sending in ten dollars, they had ten thousand dollars a month to work with here. What we could accomplish, I could do a newsletter for you monthly, you know. Uh, I, I'm considering this whole thing where I, where I know so many people from this show that it's former State Department, CIA, you know. All FBI, all, all these this talent that we have, that well, I stay in touch with off the air, you know, Mike Rothmiller, you know, all, all these guys, you know, that, that we could put together a newsletter, you know, and and, and, and a subscription, you know, for you. So consider that, okay. But I do want to thank everybody who's been so generous the past uh, week uh, since I first did that show announcing the emergency. Uh, we pretty much got everything covered except for awake. And for, uh, yeah, except for a week. Otherwise, everything's cool. We're, we're back on track here. So thank you so much. God bless you. Tomorrow, Davida Kelly, who is a, an exclusive uh, victim of Harvey Weinstein. You can listen to that story. She's a fascinating woman on so many levels. It's just not even funny. And coming up next is Pierce Redmond, who has something about comic strips. I don't know what his show is about tonight. I don't know what it is, but you got to love Pierce. He's got something good. 